a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the 450 motocross review you listened to the 250s the other day now we will uh take a look at the 450 class what we think is going to happen who's going to do what who's not going to do what and uh, and everything else that involved with the 450 uh, class kicking off this weekend hangtown lucas oil ama pro motocross championships uh thank you flyracing.com for making this happen blake baggett will probably win races in his fly racing gear this summer uh wps also a big part of the lucas oil pro motocross championships uh, so there'll be a fly display Play everywhere. If you're a dealer, Fly will take care of you at these races. Uh, Jason Thomas will personally fan you and deliver you food even. Uh, thanks to FlyRacing.com. Uh, please check them out on the web. Also, too, Max's Tires and Alpine Stars. Couldn't do it without these guys. The MXST tire is coming out soon from Jeremy, developed by Jeremy McGrath. You know that Maxxis delivers the best tires for your bike, but did you also know Maxxis offers high-quality tires for your car, your light truck, your trailer, your ATV, your mountain bike, and much, much more? Maxis Tires lets you hook up, pull the whole shot, and beat the competition. Maxis.com and Alpine Stars, whether it's the Tech 7, which is the boot of choice for myself, the Tech 10 boot, which is the boot benchmark boot in moto, or the A4 chest protector, which is uh, CE certified. It incorporates adjustable kidney straps. It's combined with thoroughformed rib protection panels. It is what the professionals wear underneath their jerseys, Eli Tomac, Justin Barsha, and riders that are sponsored by their gear companies even rock this a4 chest protector so uh thanks to uh those companies for coming on board also to the great outdoors you know about this thing it's been uh it's back and uh man these things are great especially the the versions that i'm in i love those the great outdoors motocross film franchise finally returns with the latest installment relive all the drama from last season and see mx like never before through the lens and storytelling of famed filmmaker troy adamitis Check this one out. Find it digitally on stores like iTunes, Amazon, Worldwide. It takes a look at the USA stuff with uh, Tomac, Muskan, Baggett. Uh, but MXGP, Hurlings and Corolla are in there. There was some Canadian moto with Michael Lessie. Available digitally worldwide wherever you get your movies. Check it out. Don't miss it. Uh, get it now. The Great Outdoors. We all know and love that series. Uh, with me on the line to break down the 450 class. First up, he's the voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. He's Jason Wygant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little more excited for outdoors still. still. I, I feel like I had to bring it. We did this in a 250 show. Yeah. Had to bring it here. Yeah. Also yeah. on the line, uh, former top privateer in the sport, now working for Fly Racing, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? It's not fair. I can't really follow that entrance from Weege. He's, he's, he, he's got the market cornered, he, but he is the voice of American Motocross, so yeah, I guess that yeah, goes He sounds, thing. no, it's, it's ridiculous. Speaking of great outdoors, were you ever in one, JT? I was not, no. Really? I was not, no. You and Frank are what the outdoors are all about. Uh, I'm, I'm too old. Missed my window. So you figured this is TGO 11, uh, this is 2018. So I was, you know, I was in the twilight of my career when these things became popular. Well, I was all over one. It was fantastic. I got, I got mic'd up and everything. It was great. Um, we, did you... it, I thought they came out in like 2002 or something, the first one. Uh, 2001, I think. No? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But I thought they were I thought they, the very they, first one was Carmike. Uh, happy coincidentally, ended up being the first perfect season. Not like they planned that. And right, that, right, it worked right. Out. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe that's true. I don't. I don't know. I feel like they've branched out from like their storylines a little bit. I feel like maybe I could have got, but that's been in the last few years. It's gotten a little bit more in depth. At the beginning, I felt like it was just recaps of the races. Um, yeah, I agree. It wasn't. They weren't covering privateers. It was probably just yeah. all Carmichael. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I was also Tim Ferry and Steve Mathis at some point. Well, you guys were podium level guys. I was not. So. Yeah, but they I remember went... the last moto of 2002, mm-hmm. going for the record, the 24 and 0. And there was only one man that everyone knew that day that could potentially end this. He had been second in a lot of motos that year. And I was writing the cycle news story for the 125, so I was like at Larry Ward's, I don't know, fun mover or something. We're watching the moto together. And I'm like, do you think Ferry can do it? He's like, no, nah, he just gave up. <laughs> and then Carmichael pulled away. Wow. Yeah, well, he didn't give up uh, 2003 first moto, did he? Did he now? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, but JT, they profiled privateers a lot. That's why I ask. Like, it wasn't just. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just okay. was never. Yeah, yeah, I was right. never even. I don't really know Troy. I was never asked. Oh. I, I obviously would have done it. I, I'm a big fan of the series. They do a great job. You and Frank are what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Frank pioneering the backpack outdoors, everybody. Frank Thomas. No one. None of these idiot mechanics had anything t- going on. Uh, for backpacks until Frank ha- did it first. That's why everybody's driving across the country in silence, bro. That's what yep. we do. Yep, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so great outdoors. Get it wherever you get your moto movies nowadays. There's no DVDs anymore. It's just you got to download it on some platform somewhere. That's how it works. Um, all right. Uh, so we covered over some of the changes. Yes, uh, the other day and uh, the other day on the 250 podcast with the um, TV crew and the different tracks and the 125 Dream Race and everything else. So. Did we miss anything with that, boys? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Let's get into 450s. Let's get into 450s. Let's get deep into 450s. First up, JT, we're kind of going over uh, stuff before the, the before I hit record here, and you don't realize it, not as deep. A lot of guys out. Uh, you know, Motor Concepts, Brayton, Freeze, they don't do the outdoors. Um, you know, uh, Bogle's out to start the season. Like there's there's some guys missing. Sealy's out. Yeah, there was uh there was nine supercross you know legit guys that mm-hmm. are out that we counted. Chad Reed uh, and some of them are hurt. Like yep. Tickle was already out. There were, there are some guys that were already out. But yeah, it's uh there it's definitely a bit scary when you look at the depth and and we know how this goes because it generally goes the other way. It's not like a bunch of guys are going to come back mid season. It typically gets worse. So when you start yep. the season a little. Lacking of depth, uh, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm a little concerned what this is going to look like when we're coming down the stretch in August. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that happens. It's, it's funny, though, Wygant. Don't you – and, JT, you don't really do the job that Wygant and I do. Like, you see these oh, – thank go- you. I appreciate that. Well, no, what I'm saying – wait till I say this. Weege, you know, we get to the point later in the summer, and it happens a lot – uh, Jesse Wentland, Cole Thompson, uh, Henry Miller last year, um, Heath Harrison – these guys are killing it outdoors. Uh, privateers, Freddie Norn. Although Freddie's probably in a little different class. But, like, we have to talk about it and talk about how great these guys are and everything else. Uh, and everyone screams on the internet to give them factory bikes because the factory guys are useless and they get hurt. But, I mean, it is a little bit of fortunate circumstances almost every summer, why can't, for these guys. And, and it's good on them. And, you know, we write about it and talk about it. But always in the back of, mine, I'm, back of my mind, I'm like, well, not exactly deep. Yeah, and this is a long-standing tradition, uh, usually in the 450 class. Uh, I know that many people think 450s are the death of the sport, um, but there have definitely been since the 450 came around, because I think the, the power level is a little bit more even across the board. Ever since then, which is probably, what, 10 or 15 years, you get at least one dude who's just knocking off top tens that you've barely heard of or is resurrecting his career. Uh, in the 450s outdoors, it's, like a, it's a time-honored tradition. Maybe was Gavin Grasick maybe the first? Yeah, could be. Yeah, that, yeah there's a that, lot of guys. That, and yeah. then he did get a JGR ride, but I feel like every year there's a Henry Miller type. Uh, there's, I should probably look through the points every season to figure out who was yeah. that privateer yeah. guy who yep. give that guy a factory bike. He's going. He's getting eighth. Yeah, not a ton of them. I was that guy. Yeah, but you had rides for the most part. Mm, not necessarily. Uh, 1998, I was in a in a van. I got seventh at Steel City. Uh, 2000, I was in a van. I got I got tenth all summer. I got seventh at Steel City again. Um, I, I've been there. I've been top ten guy multiple times. Uh, 2002, I got I was in a van. I got ninth at Binghamton. Um, you know, like running 11, 12 in the series, like, yeah, that happens. Like, uh, it's, 
I, I agree with Weege. It's a long-standing tradition. It's just who's it going to be next? There's always yeah. somebody. Yeah, last year was Henry Miller. You know. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, it's Freddie. just Freddie Norman was the guy. Was the guy one time? I put Freddie a little different category, like I said, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, certainly, there's been a lot of guys like that. Uh, Heath Harrison. Uh, yeah. Jesse Wentland. Yeah. Yep. Lots, lots of guys. So uh, it happens for sure. Um, all right. So Eli Tomac won this title last year. He was not the dominant rider. He only won four races. Um, but he still won this title, and it was close near the end. Jeffrey Hurlings came over and mixed things up a little bit. Um, who can forget that? But, um, yeah, Eli is uh, is probably the favorite going in again. Marv's going to be there. Uh, Anderson, of course, Supercross title, like Baggett. And we'll get to Roxon. Roxon's going to be separate here, a separate discussion. But um, for me, JT, right now, uh, I'll go with what I did uh, yeah, in the 250 pod, where I like Eli to win. And I think it's going to be Marv and him, and I like Eli to take that. But it wouldn't surprise me if Marv did did win this. I'm a, almost the same kind of feeling for J. Martin and Osborne. You? Yeah, I don't know how you can get away from that, but I do think that there is a bit of a difference because I think Blake will be much more of a player as a third than I think the 250 class has. I think Blake is much more of a viable option as a third. Uh, you know, a three-headed monster than the 250 class is going to have. Um, yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah, for sure. His, his hand's good, right? I mean, he got podium yeah, in the last fine. three races, no, he, so that's, that he's part's fine. Good. Um, um, Whether he can beat those guys for 12 rounds, I don't know. But yeah. if you want to talk about a player that will be there the whole summer and will be in the yeah. mix and you, it's a legitimate chance, I think he, he is that guy. I think uh, moto winners, you know, uh, and we'll get to Kenny, but moto winners, E.T., Marv, J- Jason, and, and Blake all win motos. You know, without a doubt, right? I mean, uh, yes, I'm a little, I'm iffy on Anderson. I mean, if I want to see where his motivation level is after winning that title. Yeah, uh, he's got three more years on his contract, coming off his first title. That you know, that had to take a lot out of him. Just the pressure and the uh, just nervousness, and you know, the, just all the preparation that goes into Supercross. I don't think there was much outdoor preparation going on, from what wow. I saw. Um, I just think there's going to be a pretty big hangover from Supercross. So if he didn't win a moto, it wouldn't surprise me. Weege, don't you think there's, it's, a, it's a universal feeling among many people that Anderson's going to be mailing this outdoors in and at some point maybe sprain an ankle, call it a summer? Yeah, and I know from talking to Alden, like they have him on a schedule. You know, he rides outdoors every Monday and has been for quite a while now. And they even had him ride outdoors Monday before Vegas. So the... He's there in body, but is he there in spirit? He even, I think in an inter- interview, might have been with World Motocross. Never heard one of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other outlets. He said a few weeks ago, uh, but honestly, man, outdoor prep, if I win the Supercross title, who gives a shit about outdoors? Which people are probably throwing up listening to this. Really? He really said that? Wow, jeez. Yeah, he said that. I mean, honest. Yeah. Dude, it's the funny thing about Anderson. He's brutally honest all the time, but for some reason it doesn't cause the waves that it does when, like, Roxon says something. Have you noticed that? Like, Roxon says something on Instagram, it blows up. Explosion. <laughs> well, I think it goes to the level of popularity of the rider, too. Roxon yeah. leads every category in social media engagement. I mean, I just think he's a – even with, you know, a Supercross title and Roxon doesn't have one, Roxon's just – he is a bigger star for whatever reason. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So Anderson has said this, and it didn't. I didn't see a vital thread on it. I mean, I think people would be throwing up, but I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Like this was huge. This was massive. It was a title that probably a lot of people didn't think he was going to get. I mean, we had him as like the number four guy in the list. You pull that off, I think it's kind of hard to not be like, "Oh my god, I did it!" Yeah. Oh my god. What? Yeah. And then, and then to just push that aside 48 hours later and get back to work on something that's even harder. Um, but first couple rounds will tell the story. If he shows up and he's really fast, like he was at the beginning of last year, then I think it starts to build and like, wait a minute, I can do this. Uh, but if he struggles at the first round or two, I'm um, uh, I'm old fashioned though. Like, like he needs to. Like I don't like these guys resting on the laurels, and we've seen it. You know, like yeah. uh, If you want to be RV and Dunge and Tomac and Ricky and and these guys, that's what you you, you know what you do is you you win outdoors. That's what you do. I think it's I think it's difficult though. Um, I think it's tough for the guys that are in the Supercross 
chase right at the end and they know that they're, you know, a couple million dollars in their legacy and all this stuff rides on Supercross, I, I think it's really difficult to be good at the beginning. We've seen it from Dungey, uh, 2009, was it? No, it would have been after that. Uh, 2010. Well, 20... 2010 Hangtown. Yeah. He came out, went 7-7 or something like that. And then, you know, we, got a, we had a weekend off right after Hangtown, I think, uh, that year for whatever reason. He came, then he comes out and just destroys everyone in Texas. We had a week off and, after Hangtown? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a weird weird deal. Huh. Um. But I, I think it, I think there's a difficulty there to find your race pace and honestly to get your head in the game after so much buildup to you know coming down the stretch for Vegas. Uh, so we didn't I don't know it. what we're going to see. You know, he won. I want to say he won a moto at Glen Helen last year. He did. Anderson yep. did. Yep, he did. Yep. So All I right. just don't think we're going to see that high level performance right away. Um, and and much to what you both said, if it goes sideways early. I don't think that's going to bode well for where his motivation will be, you know, six weeks from now. Uh, he also won a moto at uh, Muddy Creek, too. So, okay, um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I just listen. You want to be, you want to be one of the guys. You got it. You know, RV did it. Dunge did. It. I know JT. You just talked about the early rounds, but that's Chad. These guys. Well, they think did about it. RV as well. They did. You it. know, think about RV. Uh, what year would that have been? Twenty twelve uh, or eleven? 2011, yeah. yeah, he was yeah, struggling. When, and, yep, when RV yeah. won um, won his title, he was a mess the first couple of rounds. Like, he, had, he got really sick, and you could just tell whatever pressure he had been dealing with, I mean, it wore him down. He had fever blisters and all kinds of stuff at Hangtown. Uh, and then he comes out and just crushes everyone, you well, know, towards yeah, the end yeah, of no, the I, I, I'm speaking in a broader sense of the whole series. If, if you want, like, I can totally see Anderson packing this thing in, 100%. Yeah. And, but you know, that's not, and again, I'm old-fashioned. You know that's not elite rider to me. You gotta, you gotta keep fighting. That's what these guys do. But hey, whatever. Um, well, we'll, the series we'll has kind of changed, also. I think what's, as far as the timing and the amount of rounds and how many races we do in a row, and there, I think there are no, some. It's fine. It's exactly. It's exactly what RV and Dunge and Chad had to go through, and but they all struggled at the beginning, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. We're not, I'm, I'm not talking just the beginning. I, if Anderson struggled at the beginning, I get it for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think I think even 250 guys, some of the championship guys in 250s will struggle in the beginning, you know. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does. It could go either way for sure. Uh, there is a seems to me like I said a universal um, thought that you know he's just going to be riding this thing out. So if he doesn't, uh, full props to him on this. Um, I think I think the goal is just a little different. Like I think if you were Dunge or RV, you knew that you're expected to win them both. You're expected to win every title and every race you ever line up for. And same thing with Stu or Chad and all that. When they were good, they felt like that was where they were supposed to be. I don't know if Anderson is quite at that level where he's like, if I win a Supercross title this year and I don't win outdoors, this year is a failure. I don't think he quite no, considers I, it that way. I agree. And I don't know if anyone would consider it that way. That's I agree, but if you want to yeah. be, you know, we talked about how this title is going to, next year is really interesting to us because of, you know, did he get fortunate with an injury? Is, is he really stepping it up? Uh, near the end of the season, you could be like, look, he's looking, he's protecting a points lead. You know, and, and, I, and, I, and I get that. So I don't know if yeah. I look at the end of the season, sort of him not collecting a win as anything yeah. but protecting a points lead. I'm really interested in next year's Supercross season because he's the top championship. He's the title guy. And he, I mean, if he gets worked again, nine, nine or eight races to three or four, then, you know, you're going to like, oh, okay, well, he benefited a little bit from injuries. But maybe not. Maybe this is going to be like, hey, screw you guys. I won, and watch this. You know, uh, yeah. we just don't. Or see- if he comes out outdoors and really does kill it, we'll be like, yeah. well, oh yeah, our yeah. bad. Yeah, um, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting subplot. Uh, as far as Tomac is concerned, why again? I saw a stat a couple weeks ago. I was a little surprised. Eli only won four overalls last year. I would have thought it was six. Just off the top of my head, I would have been like, yeah, he won six, and he had some poor races, which which is what we've seen in Soupy and, and Outdoors. But I would have put it at six, but he only won four. Outdoors is tough to remember overalls because really, really, it's 24 races. That's yeah. really what it is. You remember dudes that took the checkered flag. Uh, like the fact that Anderson didn't win one last year is almost surprising because he did win those two motos, and he was riding really well. But it just didn't work out to end up winning the overall. So – yeah, I guess I'm not surprised, only because 
Hurlings took one, so now you got 11. And we Bo- know Marv had a win streak and Baggett had a win and streak. And Bogle so took I one. I it only leaves. Bogle took and one. Bogle got one, that's right. So yep. it just doesn't leave a lot. But, I mean, it was a weird season. The, the whole book of Eli now is, you know, can he lock it down? Can he avoid the weird races? And even though he did win the title last year, I feel like that mystery just continued. He did win it, but it was still bizarre, even in winning it. So I would put him as my favorite again. But until he goes out and just completely stomps the series, yeah. I think there's always going to be that open opportunity for everybody else, at least in their minds, of he could mess this up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you think, JT, is Eli Tomac better at motocross than supercross? Uh, it's pretty damn good either man. way. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's a huge drop-off because I think he has that elite level ability, which is very unique in this sport, where he can go out, whether it's Supercross or outdoors, and if things are clicking, he can win either race by 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever. Even Supercross saying 20 seconds is crazy, but he can do it. We've, we've seen it even this year. Uh, St. Louis, he won by 20 seconds. Outdoors, he can go out and win by a minute. That doesn't happen every week. We see a lot of variance in him. Uh, we don't always know which Eli is going to show up, but he can do it, and he has the ability to do it in both. So I, I think he's pretty well balanced in both. You know, on paper, mm-hmm. you'd look at it and say, well, maybe it's outdoors because he has the title win, but he has a ton of Supercross wins over the last few years. So I think they're pretty equal. All right. Well, we all think he's going to win, right? He's a, he's a favorite to win. We're all on board with that. He is, but it's not as big of a favorite as I think most people would assume it is. More of a favorite than uh, Supercross or less in your eyes before the season starts? I would say more because Roxon's out, uh, Webb's out. There are just more injuries going into outdoors, and not that those guys would be favorites to beat him anyway. I just think he's only really, really, in my eyes, has to beat two people, which are Blake and, mm-hmm. and Marvin. Right. If he can beat those two, the title's his. Um, let's talk about Roxon. You said he's out, JT, but I think he's planning on racing Hangtown still, unless you know something. Well, and yes. I, so, I, I've heard the same things, but on the level that I, I'm talking about, yeah. I don't see him being a real player yet. Yeah, it, this is uh, Kenny is a two-time 450 motocross champion. He's better in motocross and supercross. I think we'd all agree with that, especially when you combine his his uh, his GP experience. But, um, yeah, Weege, this is going to be tough for Kenny. Everything we're hearing behind the scenes, and I think he even posted he still had some pain when he's riding. Uh, I've, kind of t- I've dug around a little bit. It doesn't seem like it's going great. Um, it might be a while before we see the Kenny Roxon back up to speed. Well, yeah, even on the timeline, I think it's only been really a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks back on the bike, that's just not a lot for this level. And and I know we talked a lot about the old injury in Supercross and the problems that could lead to, but it's not any better outdoors when you've got to – you just got to deal with weirdo stuff. I mean, in Supercross, you could conceivably, if you rode a perfect lap and nailed every downside of every jump, it's not that crazy. But outdoors, you're just getting hit with stuff that you don't even expect at any time. So if that hand is not right, uh, that's going to be a tough one. But – Man, that's a tough deal for Kenny and Honda. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, Yeah, I have to assume that – I mean, it's weird. I looked at it. I think he's only raced eight times for Honda so far in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So, you know, normally guys at his level sometimes are like, I'm not going to come back and get smoked. I'm going to come back when I'm ready. But I've got to think at this point, it's like, dude, I've got to race for these guys. Uh, It's hard to to, – JTC Roxon ever getting back – to his old level, would you agree? And I mean, yeah, I mean, number one rider in the world, which I kind of thought he was. I'm not willing to write that off yet. I'm not. He's too young. There's too much left in the tank for him, for me. Because even when he came back this last time in Supercross, we really had, or I did. I'll speak for myself. I had big doubts, big serious doubts about how he was going to do. And no, he wasn't winning, but he was in the mix early. And, you know, he, we thought he should have probably won Houston, right? When he got out front, every, a lot of people, most people would have assumed he would win. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good to go out and win your second Supercross back after such a horrific uh, spring and summer of last year. 
So to think just with another injury that wasn't anywhere near the gravity of what he had just gone through, to think that, ah, no, he'll never be back to that, I, I'm not there yet. I think he's going to take time. The biggest thing in this whole equation for him to get back there, though, is he's got to stay healthy for more than a couple months at a time. He needs, he needs a season or two, you know, very Dungy-esque, where he's just putting seasons together and building base and getting stronger. If he can do that, I have no doubt that he will be right there with Eli and Marvin battling for the title again. I, I firmly believe that if he can if he can string a season or two together to get every aspect of his game back to where it was, I, I think he'll he'll get that level back. I mean, that's okay, sure. But you just said if he can string a season or two together, <laughs> but that's not. I mean, you look at you look at what the elite guys in the sport do, that's not asking that much. I mean, RV won four titles in a row. Dungy won, you know, Dungy was hardly ever hurt. Marvin, you know, he hurt his knee that uh, last summer, but he was able to continue through. I don't think it's asking the world. I mean, Roxon's won titles. He's, he hasn't been before this arm injury. He wasn't a uh, guy that was hurt all the time. I would say he would be the opposite of that. He was hardly ever hurt. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that big of an ask for him to stay healthy. You know, this this web thing was a freak deal. If his arm doesn't go inside his swing arm, which I've never seen happen before, he's fine. Well, whatever. That's, part. It, that's, that's irregardless. It did happen. It did go behind but, his feet. But it's a broken. freak injury. I, just don't, yeah, but, I don't think Roxton's a crasher. No, I don't think he's a guy that's, that's – I'm not saying his that. tendency is to get hurt. Um, but now he's got – a right arm that's with an issue and a left arm with an issue on a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, Which all sucks. I just yeah. I don't view him as a guy that's going to be a liability like, oh, he's always hurt. I, I don't picture him as that guy, even with the last year no, and a half of disaster. I didn't say that. What I said was hard to believe he would get back to his old level. Right, but what I'm saying is you're putting a caveat that he has to stay healthy for a year or two. I just don't think it, that's a huge ask for a guy like Roxon to stay healthy for a year. I, I don't think that's a big deal. You know, it hasn't happened in a year and a half. I get that. Where, but uh, I've got years and years of evidence where it has. Where are you at, Weege, with Kenny? Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule out him getting back and being really good again. I don't know how you necessarily measure if he's back at his old level or not, but contending for race wins and titles, I do not rule it out yet. Yeah, we just I don't mean, have enough data. To I, know. Like, I, if, I didn't rule it out either. I just said hard to see it. That's that's exactly what it's hard to see it, but I could. Yeah, see I don't know it. if yeah. I can go there because okay. the Supercross injury, the injury had coming into Supercross was more catastrophic than the one that he's dealing with now. And dude, five races in, as JT was saying, he hadn't won, but it wasn't bad. I mean, if that freak deal hadn't happened, it's completely within the realm of possibility that he could have won the title. He was there in the mix, and after only five races back, he was certainly a contender. Mm-hmm. I mean, what were the next five weekends going to hold? So, And that was the worst injury. So, yeah. I guess I just, Yeah, okay, he's not going to be 100% like he was, but he might still be good enough to still win, which is all that matters. So, slow start for Kenny, mid-season, he's on his game. But he loses the title because it's a slow start. I think it maybe even takes longer than that. I think by the end of the series, you'll see Kenny – Back to where he wants – well, maybe not where he wants to be, but right. a, a good Kenny. I think it's going to take a little bit, though. All right. I hope so. Man, I really do. I hope for Honda. hope for Kenny. He's a, he's an incredible rider. He's a great champion, like, a, as far as a, you know, as a guy and as a sport what the sport needs. You know, I, I, I think highly of him as a marketable guy for our sport. My, my opinion on this whole summer should be don't try to win. If, if you can, great. But – just finish the summer and stay healthy and get, you know, 12 races under your belt and get that, yeah. you know, that feeling back to where you can go into the off season and build instead of trying to rehab and recover. Yeah. You know, there's such a huge difference and I've, I've done both. There's such a huge difference going into the off season hurt and going into the off season. Like, yeah, all right, I'm going to take a couple weeks off and then I'm going to get after it and I'm going to come into the next season really prepared. And if he comes in hurt, he's just going to be right back on the operating table again, and it's going to be deja vu. And I don't know how many more times he can go through that. So, well, maybe uh, maybe the right thing to do. And again, we're not, you know, we're not with him, and we don't know the doctor's report. But skip some races to start. Oh, that's what I would. I mean, from what the reports I've hearing, I've heard about how he's riding. I think that's the correct thing to do. I just think it more goes down to what Weege said is where he needs to be out there because he's getting paid crazy amounts of money and he really hasn't raced very much so 
I'm sure there's a struggle going on between different people about what is the, the wise move here, but I fully expect him to see him show up next weekend. Uh, who's looking forward to this weekend, JT? This weekend. You're looking forward to showing up this weekend. As in, like, No, hangtown? no, because people aren't hearing this until the week of Hangtown. That's what I said, as in Hangtown. You said next weekend. No, I said as in Hangtown. Either way, I'm excited for Hangtown. I'm always excited for the first one. Well, let's just um, let's keep the timing of this straight so we, we can fool everybody, you know? Yeah, you're way worried. You're too worried about that. Okay. Uh, I think uh, anytime you get to reset the points, it's exciting because I know Blake Baggett has been looking forward to Hangtown for two months, really, ever since he hurt his wrist at Daytona and kind of knew this, this Supercross thing was going to slip away. He's been looking forward to Hangtown, and he knew he gets to go back to zero, and all of the early yeah. season point struggles are erased. And for Marvin, you know he is, right? So there are all these guys that are going into it with, like, okay, now's my chance. Like, yeah. let's get it on. Uh, and, you know, the 250 class, maybe even more so, because there are so many guys that all think they can win this championship, where maybe the 450, there's only, you know, three or four that actually think they have a chance of, of winning the whole deal. Baggett was on the Pulp Show a couple weeks ago, and I said, uh, so, you know, how's outdoor going? He's like, that's all I've been riding. That's all I've been riding. That's all, I, that's all I've been focused on. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's practiced Supercross in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's looking forward to Baggett winning and then the podium the speech and the press conference will I get. Who's looking forward to that? I am. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I, yeah. I'm hoping he does well just for the <laughs> injection of excitement and humor and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a famous father. <laughs> <laughs> I broke him. I broke him. <laughs> he may not have a famous father, but Tom's awesome. I really like Tom. <laughs> um. And let me add, as much as we stirred it up, as much as we ate all that up, as much as we lapped it up, and loved it in the media. Trust me, teams were talking about it as well. I always say that. When anyone accuses, oh, you guys stir it up, I'm like, nobody's more drama queens than you guys. Yeah, I mean, oh, for sure. Those words, yeah. it, it was like, after a couple of those press conferences, he might as well just come in there and, like, lace the place with, like, pepper spray or something. <laughs> like, they could not ignore it. Uh, they could not yeah. go about their normal business. No, no, absolutely. Uh, but, no, man, it's uh, it'll be great to see Blake and uh, see what he can do. And, um yeah, man, I, I I think he wins some motos. And stuff. I don't know if he's there for 24, though, but he'll be in the mix. I mean, he only finished last year. He only finished uh, two points back of Marv. Yep. Marv had a couple bad races, of course. Cost him a lot of money, know? too. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, Marv had uh, uh, the, the bike problem in Tennessee, and then something happened at High Point. I don't remember, but he got fit. he got five points. So. Here is his knee. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the knee. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but Baggett was right there. You know, he had the – Ran into the back of Anderson, which I'm I'm impressed. I've asked and I've asked Baggett his opinion on that over and over, and he does not go after Anderson on that one. But he you know hurt his thumb there, uh, and was we never saw the same Baggett for the rest of the year. He hung in there, but it wasn't the same. Um. All right. Uh. So that's it. I mean, the title's coming down to those five guys: um, Et, Marv, Jason, Blake, Blake, and uh, Kenny. Right. I mean, pretty much. I, I'm not. I'm not willing to put Kenny in on that much pressure to to be the title guy. I'm not. Right. Mm. It'll be. Um, uh, yeah. Are we anywhere on Barsha at all? Like, is Barsha in this conversation just because for the title? Team, for me, no. He was. No. Not okay. He certainly had Check more it. outdoor results than Supercross results his whole career. But yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting. Um, my next group of guys: Barsha, Dean Wilson, Weston Pike, Christian Craig. Uh, maybe JG. I don't know exactly how how ready JG is. Uh, I think though, and, and Bogle will be out for a little while, so he won a race last year. But I don't put him in that in that group at all. Um, Should we put A Ray in that group now? Uh, a Ray is in that group, absolutely. Yep. Um, no, but hey, so Pike will be good. Pike's always solid outdoors. Uh, just a workhorse, you know. He'll charge up. He'll, you know, he'll. By the time you've noticed it, the next thing you know, he goes from 10th to 5th or 10th to 4th or whatever. Um, and then um, Barsha, yeah, Weege, I mean, what do you think? You know, actually, earlier in his career, I feel in the 250s, he was more successful in Supercross. I mean, he won two 250 East titles and had some outdoor years that were just 
a wash. His last 250 year was good, and he was right there battling Baggett for the title. But I feel as he's gotten more mature, he's gotten better outdoors and hasn't improved as much in Supercross. And in Supercross, I mean, he was right there with those guys at the beginning of the year. Um, and I just wonder, he might be on that same Baggett-style timing where he's been working at it. I mean, I don't know if his ultimate level outdoors is as good as, you know, Tomac hitting on all cylinders or Marv hitting on all cylinders. But if there's any flaws in those guys, I think he can absolutely get in the mix. I mean, if Barsha gets starts, he's going to make your life miserable. Yeah. And, I mean, Dunge dealt with that quite a bit in that first JGR year. Yeah. Um, so if he can get starts and he's ready, which I think he is, he's going to be a factor. He's going to lead some laps. Do you put him, though, on that level? Like, am I, did I miss it? I mean, is he – No, I don't I, – I see where you are. I see where you are with these two lists, and I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't see him just straight up 24 motos out-dueling Tomac, just being straight up faster, better, more consistent, or Marv or anyone on that list. If, but, he, uh, if he does start winning motos and like he did a few years ago, does he flip J-Bone yep. off every time he goes by the manager's area? Dude, he's been crazy nice about everything. I mean, dude, he made up made amends with you. I think that pretty much says it all. <laughs> and I'm the worst guy there is. I mean, let's Powers would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He's rebuilding. Wait, Barsha's now rebuilding the rep that he fixed. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> um, One yeah. thing to keep in mind, by the way, Barsha's not signed for next year, and this gets a little into the weeds on this, but, uh, you know, he left something on the table there at Supercross. He showed something, but he didn't quite get it finished. Yeah. He's going to be motivated to kill it here this summer and get Yamaha to either pay him a lot or yeah. somebody else. Well, I mean, if you want to go that way, Pike's deal is up, Dean Wilson's deal is up, Cooper Webb's deal is up, you know? Like, like yeah. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, I was going to say the exact same thing about Dean. Uh, but what is Dean's situation? He kind of got re-hurt again there at the end of Supercross, which is really bad timing. Uh, I haven't heard. JT? Uh, I don't. I, I don't really know. I, w- I would assume that he would be at Hangtown, but I, I haven't heard any different from that, which I feel like we would have by now. Um, no, I don't mean out. But uh, remember, he was even not a hundred percent sure if he was going to race Vegas after um, what his thumb got hurt there by Pike. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm just saying that maybe the last two or three weeks he hasn't been motoing down like he would have liked to, and he was already dealing with the shoulder thing from earlier. So I just wonder if he's not quite where he wants to be. Um, so do we put Barsha at the top of that group over, over Dean and over Weston and over Christian Craig? I probably yeah, would. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Maybe Barsha, Barsha's in the netherworld. He's lurking between the top group and the, and the next group. He has the ability to go up into that, into that other group though. I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay there. I think those uh, guys will be there every time. I don't know. I think Barsha could bounce in and out of that. Um, and, and this is a big summer. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But I think this is a big summer for Cooper Webb, man. Like, he, I, I feel like some of that shine is gone a little bit off of him. Like, I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe I, – I, I would not have bet him uh, and f- moving up that he would uh, do this poorly, get hurt, kind of that – you know, he's got some podiums, but not much. Uh, I just, if he's going to be the next big guy uh, to sign, you know, his contract's up. I don't know, man. Maybe and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe people are still just like, "Hey, it's the bike, it's the team. We can we can save this guy." But uh, I think it's big, JT. I think it is, but I don't think in the way you mean. I think it's it's big for his paycheck. Um, if he goes out and has a great summer, because I, I fully expect him to either be at Yamaha or at Red Bull KTM. I think those are his two landing spots for nineteen. I just think it's going to depend on how many zeros are in his paycheck on how the summer goes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he's not. He's not losing a factory ride. Don't get me wrong that way. Yeah, I, I yeah. just think it's. Do you want to make five hundred grand from one of those teams, or do you want to make over right. a million? Yeah, you know that. That's what it's going to come down to. If he has a good summer, you think he might stay at Yamaha? I think it's possible, but I, my opinion, and I don't. I haven't talked to anybody, you know, about this. But my opinion is. If he gets the opportunity to go to KTM, I think he takes it. I just do you see KTM writing a big check for a secondary spot? Well, that was what came up last time. Was the the money at Yamaha was was big and KTM's was was decent, but it was it wasn't yeah. in the same ballpark as Yamaha. So how does that situation play out? Does KTM 
try to leverage the fact that they realize he maybe wants to come over, and they say, okay, well, how bad does he want to come over? Or does Yamaha, because Yamaha, I'm assuming, is going to have big money to pay somebody. Uh, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how his results play off of both of those two teams and then the dollars, too. Uh, JT, or Weege, I think JT's missing a player here for Webb. And it's going back to his roots. Going back. Uh, JGR in North Carolina? Or? Yes, yes, JGR. Oh. Yes. Yep. Uh, they got money. They got money. Yeah. They got a, you yeah. know, they got a, I don't know if the, the bike is where it needs to be or whatever. I think it is. I'm a proud member of RM Army myself. But uh, I think JGR will be in the mix. I think the problem with that one in comparison, you're looking at KTM, which fair or unfair, I think is still looked at as the premier place to go. They had Dungey. They won with Dungey. And I think that just the coster and everything that KTM, they're just winning at all levels and so many other sports. I think that helps. Red Bull has always liked him, so that helps too. So that's a great option. The other option is Yamaha, which has already invested so much in the guy. They branded with the guy. I'm going to assume they don't want to just throw that away. So to me, those are two really strong options. So for any third option to become better than those two, I don't know. The only I don't possible s- thing I could, could maybe mess that up is Barsha just crushes it so well and convinced Yamaha of, like, look, I'm your guy. Give me all the money. Maybe yeah. that takes one option off the table. I, listen, if he comes back and wins races or consistently gets on the podium, then I think he could stay at Yamaha. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I would put him at JGR or KTM, and I don't know if he's the type of guy that's going to do the full Baker program. How's that going to go? You know, like Marv and Anderson, the, when you're in the Baker deal, you have this, the, the veto power of allowing someone in the special group, you know? So I don't know how that's going to go. Well, not only that, I think that's actually the biggest factor. Webb was forming his own faction. He, he and Swanepoel were like riding each other to the top. They started a whole group. Webb bought this land and a track here in North Carolina. Like they were basically starting their own Alden type situation. So well, that's, seriously, did he walk away from that well, after only four years and say, that's where I'm going. Hey, thanks. I'm out. That's where I'm going. Like that's, I don't see that. I don't see that part happening. Right. You know? But then it is also weird to think that KTM is going to have a high level guy who's just not there. Uh, so that to me is one of the biggest Factors. And then, dude, along with him, all the star guys and Yamaha guys ride with him with Swanepoel. So what happens if Webb wants Uh, to stay with him but is a KTM? It turns really weird. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't, yeah, I I don't know. Well, we'll see. He needs to come back, though. I think he needs to have a big year for sure. But I. Well, we need to mention just for accuracy here, he's not going to be at Hangtown. No, yeah. He's going to be, well, Alex Ray's on the bike for three races or longer, but three. So Webb's out for three. If I'm Webb, I do. If I'm Webb, I do the opposite of what Roxanne and these guys are doing. I don't come back until I'm spitting fire ready. Yeah. Hey, JT, is there a chance? Uh, every rider says, oh, man, once you're not racing, they get faster every week, they get better every week. But is there a chance that if you come in like halfway through and he's 100% ready that you're somewhat catching guys when they're not fresh anymore? Or is the missing five or six races and them getting all set up and ready, is that a big problem? Um, it's possible. Yes, it, it can go that way. But I think if you're riding with good guys, if you go to a facility or you have a really good group so where he could jump in and be practic- practicing with, you know, Plessinger or Justin Cooper or these guys that are racing, so he's getting in on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday motos, I think you're still getting that aspect of it. And he's pretty experienced. You know, he's got two outdoor titles and he raced last summer. So, he knows what it's going to take, uh, so I don't think it's a huge problem for him. I just don't think in the situation he's in, he would be well-served to come back before he's ready and go out there and flounder around. I think if, if he can come in, you know, much like we've seen with Trey Kennard, like coming back and setting the fastest lap in the first practice, that goes a long way to getting people excited about riding a big check. And I think there's much more to be gained by coming in overprepared and coming in swinging and than it does to race your way back into shape and you have all these motos are at 7, 8, 9, and everyone's just kind of shaking, shaking their head. Even if your results improve down the stretch, I just think that coming in hot with that wham, that he, he shows up a red butt and kills it, I just think that that one day could change the whole narrative for your contract situation. I look forward to seeing my JGR Suzuki next year, Auto Trader. JGR Suzuki. 
But man, yeah, like I, you know, I, we spent too much time on this preview podcast talking about a guy who's not going to be there for three races. But yeah, it's it's a big year for Cooper Webb. Um, how does it, how does A Ray do on the bike? Weech, how does A Ray do? Does he does he break top ten? He's no, never... I don't think top ten, especially if it's the first three rounds where you generally have more mm-hmm. uh, riders. We lose some more as the season goes on. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. For him, I would think the goal is to be 15-ish or just in the points. Yeah, he's never been an outdoor specialist. I don't no. think he's ever. Has he ever gotten points in a moto? Yeah. Yeah, a couple here and there. Right. Um, to me, in the points is like baseline goal. Yeah. Uh, Christian Craig, some hole shots, some lap sled, 5 to 10. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> is that... Yeah, I think he'll be top ten. Absolutely, oh, yeah, he'll be a good yeah. start. No, no. I, I see Hangtown being like a seven, eight type day. Yeah, yeah. I think he's between five and ten in almost every moto, unless disaster strikes or he rides his balls off. Well, Steve, you said it before. He's like the most start dependent guy. Like if he hole shots, he rides unbelievably well. Uh, yeah, it well, really changes. I mean, everybody's start dependent to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When he gets it, a lot of guys are start dependent <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm using your your data. This was your theory. Mm. I think Cantrell does the same thing. Give him a good start. They ride really well. They get a bad start. They're kind of like, eh. All um, right. They ride with they ride up or down to the level around them. I guess is a better way to put it. Hard to uh, well, it's t- hard to see Bogle um, having the success he had last year. Jumping in later, uh, I really hope he does. Uh, his contract's up, obviously, and but man, it's gone rough. It's like Justin Bogle's. Entire deal after he won Bud's Creek just went south. But man, I hope he hope he uh, you know does well. He, we're looking for round four or five for him. So, uh, but in the meantime, Phil is on the bike. Phil is on the bike. Weech. Phil's gonna kill it. Phil will kill. Phil has lots of motivation. Yeah, I think he's gonna be good. I don't think you'll see him on a two fifty like you guys do, but um, wow. at any point. But I think he'll be good when he has a chance on the 450. 5 to 10? Yeah. Sure. JT? Mm, I'm going to say one moto inside the top 10, one moto out for Hangtown. Okay, well, sure. All right. I, you, you're always you're basing this podcast a lot on Hangtown, JT. It's a season. Well, we do one of these. We do a, a review pod after every race, so I have the ability to adjust as we go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Josh Grant? Status? Anyone? Uh, he finds out. He finds out right before. I'm trying to do the timing secrecy that you like. He will find out in the interim <laughs> of this being recorded and him racing whether he is allowed to race Hangtown. Very good, very good. <laughs> but if he if he's um, if he can't ride Hangtown, he's going to kill it at Glen Helen. Do we all <laughs> believe that? Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. He wants yeah. to race, so yeah. I, I think he's at the mercy of Kawasaki's wishes on that. Right. Right. Um, I've heard he was thinking about hanging it up this year. Like this is it for him. Either one of you guys hear that? I did not. Okay, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't talked to him. I either. just heard, I, well, I haven't talked to him either. But I heard he's been telling people like this is it. So we'll see. Um, Benny Bloss, nice Vegas for Benny. Four fifty guy, outdoors suits him better. Um, what do we think? How many people can we cram need, inside the top ten? Yeah, yeah. No, and, no, no. And to that end, I think he's going to need, just like what happened here in Supercross and just like what happened with them outdoors the last couple of years, I don't know if you'll hear much from him or see much from him early, but he will suddenly be there as it starts to thin out. I mean, it's going to be tough to be top ten in Hangtown. Yeah. JT, I know, is very focused on that. Yeah, very, but very focused. you're going to be at, like, Millville or Unadilla or Washougal or something, and you're going to be like, damn, Benny's going for fourth. Right. Killing it. Yes. Um. Okay. Uh, what else? What I see from what I see from this class is I, as we're breaking it down, I see a lot of guys that are going to be capable of going the same speed. So it's going to be really important track position, almost like NASCAR, where the pace is very similar through the pack. But if you start up front, you're going to finish well. If you don't, you're going to not finish well. And and that's Mm -hmm. how it's going to go because there's only a few guys that are capable of getting to the front from anywhere. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast uh, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. 450 Motocross preview. Uh, Let's take 
take a break, listen to this commercial. We'll be right back after this to uh, talk about surprises and disappointments in the 450s and uh, anything, anything else uh, that we need to cover. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpum X18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Fly Racing, bro. Fly Racing, Fly Racing, Fly Racing. Uh, please check them out. Uh, also, to Maxis and Alpine Stars on board. And The Great Outdoors is back. Get it wherever you get movies from. Uh, also, too, if, you're, if you don't read the website, Racer X Online, uh, too much, you just, you know, you have podcasts on your phone, I should let you know, unfortunately, that Wygant has started a podcast. And go check it out. It's called Exhaust. Probably sucks. But go check it out. Yeah, it's probably the best podcaster has ever been. I would disagree. I think. I would disagree. Yeah, I yeah. think it's the I think, best. I think it's the worst one. Ever. Right. Ever. Well, no, wait. Hold on. It can't be. There is an original and still best. So maybe this is the newest and second place. Oh, okay. I got it. That's got it. it yeah. So anyway, subscribe to it, people. For reals. Uh, exhaust. Uh, search Wygant's name. Search Racer X. It, it, it'll pop up in your feed. Um, okay. So, um, Henry Miller is going to do – Henry Miller left the RM Army, and he's going to get on a Yamaha and privateer it. So uh, certainly he was very good last year uh, in the summer, like we talked about earlier. So Henry Miller, I think, will be in the mix for uh, some spots, uh, grabbing some spots in there. I don't know what Bichelia is doing. I heard he was going to race, and then I see uh, – I don't see anything on his Twitter. Matt Bichelia certainly put in some good uh, motos here and there. Dakota Alex, JT, we don't really know uh, for that team. Go to Alex's. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the plan is for summer. As we know, he rode a 450 last summer, and he was a staple of the top 15. I, yes, I yes. Can't even was. imagine how many times he got 11, 12, 13, <laughs> or 14 last summer. It was. It was insane. Absolutely. Uh, also, too, Heath Harrison as another privateer will be in the mix too, and, and he's he's a good dude. So hopefully, he does well. What we won't see this summer in the 450s is Marty Davalos. We, we, he uh, absolutely um, destroyed it last summer and uh, proved me right once again. Made me look incredibly smart. But uh, Marty's out. So I just, we need to get Marty mentioned in here. 100%. Yep. So, um, all right. Who's going to surprise this summer? Like, who Who do you guys um, – who do you guys think, uh, you know, will we'll, we'll jump up? And it could be anybody. This isn't the sleeper pick. This is surprise pick. Reach. Can you can you define these terms? Can you come up with a booklet, a hand a handbook? A sleeper. A sleeper cannot be like a factory top guy. But this is a surprise pick. This isn't a sleeper pick. So can it be people we've already d- talked yes, about? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a big difference. Okay. Anybody jumping in there? I'm going to go with, I think Blake's going to be, last year Last year Blake really struggled at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He didn't really show up until round three. I'm going to go with him coming out of the box swinging at Hangtown. Okay. Flying. Okay. All right. Uh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Barsha being in that mix, making that leap. Yeah. Up in the, being a little up bit. In that group. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. All right. Well, then uh, I was actually going to probably say Barsha, too. I'm going to go with a guy we haven't talked about. I think Ben LeMay. Ben LeMay gets some good Ben LeMay's racing outdoors? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's a fly racing rider. 
Well, I know, but he didn't even race Vegas. I didn't. He, I didn't well, he knocked himself out for ten minutes I, in in, I understand in Boston. That. I think Ben LeMay comes back. Ben LeMay is a pretty good outdoor guy. I'm not saying he gets top five. I think he lurks around the top ten all summer. Ben LeMay. Can we put money on that? No. Uh, all right. Who is uh, who's in for a rough summer? And uh, by rough could be any definition that you want. Who's in for a rough summer? I'll go first. I. Th- uh, we talked about him for a long time. Uh, Cooper Webb, I think. I, I just He's going to come back. He's going to be hurt or come back missing some races, coming off an injury. He needs a big year. He might be uh, pushing a little bit. I, I don't see Cooper Webb getting on the podium when he comes back, unless we have a ton of injuries. But uh, And then I look for him to ride for a new team next year. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Bogle. This sucks for him. Yep. He was – Barely able to get a ride multiple times. Then he finally wins a race and like locks down one solid, and he's finally on good standing, good footing. And I think he's going to be right back in the same situation again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, JT. I'm going to go with the 94. I think Roxon's going to have a tough one. I think he's going to stay healthy, but I think it's going to be really tough, especially the first half. He's not going to handle that well if he starts just kind of being a fourth and fifth place guy or whatever. Yeah. You know. That's but he's got to stay the course. He's, he right. just has to fight through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if Kenny's ever been used to doing that, right, his whole life. So it's going to be going to be a big change. Um, how many races does Phil get in, over or under? Weege? Mm, I'm going to go five. You just said he's going to – not ride to the 250s. So you just think five and then he did, he's done? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I think, say eight. I think total races for Phil is 10. Really? Uh, in either class. In either class. Yeah, I go eight. Okay. You, are you going either class, JT, or are you going 450s? Yeah, eight total combined. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll go 10 for Phil. What's the best national of the year? For everything, track, atmosphere, the drive to and from the hotels, Unadilla. Starbucks, Starbucks availability, <laughs> restaurants afterwards, flight, ease ease of flight. What's the best national overall? Lakewood. Lakewood? Yep. I might have to go Lakewood too. Yeah. Weege? I don't think it's fair to say Lakewood because I feel like Lakewood okay. all across the board is good. It's like bees in all categories. But the iconicness of some of these tracks and the memories and these crazy fans and motos that go way back, I just don't feel right picking a track that's only been on the series since 05 when, we've had, I don't know, just... We've had yeah. these nations there. We've had night races there. We've had incredible battles. I mean, what yeah, more do you, you want? you go to a place like Southwick and we're going to start making a 3,000 jokes about... Pat Botten and Dowd and Henry, like these tracks have these legacies built in, and it's awesome to have well, there's great no... access to the airport and hotels and all that, which is great. I love Colorado, but uh, man, to put it out the it's, top. it's great viewing. It's great viewing of the track in it Colorado. Is. Is. Um, yeah. Starbucks accessibility is great. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm with JT. Like, what else do you want? I am actually not spending money, but spending my airline miles. And I'm going to fly my family to Colorado this year because I think that race is so good. Where we could, there's many we could drive to, but I'm like, now nah, you got to go to this one. It's well, awesome. Okay, so, so there we, so there we are. That we're done. Stamp it. No, but I feel like you, you, the category should be weighted. The closest to the airport, Starbucks access, viewing, that's important, but it's not as important. It gets outweighed by other things. I did. Tracks. I already did this article on Pulp Mix. I weighted all the nationals. <sighs> oh boy. Did you guys see that? Over well. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember what won, though. I was really surprised. I that Colorado it, won. I was Colorado re- didn't win. I was really surprised to not get a phone call about that, by the way. I was yeah. very surprised. Um, well, not I ranked them on tra- <laughs> I ranked them track, atmosphere, slash fans, convenience factor, history, heritage, and viewing. Which one did you give the nod to? Um, just going to the bottom. I'm going to the bottom. Final rankings. Redbud and Southwick were tied. For one? Yep. You gave Southwick number one. 
Uh, it tied, bro. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're a dumbass. Uh, I mean, wow. Southwick at the top. I mean, let me see what I said about Southwick here. This is a very scientific Did you write ranking. It? Yeah, but let me see. Uh, atmosphere fans a nine. The track is a nine because it's sand. Convenience a nine. Convenience is an eight. Uh, history heritage is a nine. And viewing was a seven. Viewing sucks, kind of, sort of. Yeah, I would put viewing pretty far down. I would say the track is nowhere near a nine. Uh, man, I, I I don't dislike Southwick, but, yeah, it's it has some of the things I would agree, I would agree with. America, you know, the history and heritage and all that stuff. Uh, the crowd, yes. In the old days when, the you know, I think it's died down a little bit because Henry and Dowd aren't there anymore, but those guys standing behind the starting line yelling was – so amazing, I mean, yeah. but that doesn't happen anymore. It's it's different. Well, I don't. I just can't. I can't tie it for first. There's no way you could ever convince me of that. Okay. Well, in my official rankings, it was tied for first with Redbud. Redbud, no problem. Lakebud, Lakewood I'm, I'm, was. I'm all uh, in on that. Lakewood was third, tied for second. I would give Lakewood the nod to tie with Redbud. All right, Weege, we're waiting on your answer. Uh, we've discussed this topic enough. My God, I don't know. Millville's far from the hotels, but that track is awesome. Best track of the series. Best track of the series. Yeah. By mm-hmm. far. Uh, I'm just saying, I, I, would, I, I agree that in more categories, Colorado is good, but best track of the series, the track itself, you have to weight that category. You're not weighting the categories. Uh, okay. Hotel access and how good the track are are not equal. Uh, I don't know. I think so. Millville's sweet. Uh, yeah, no, Mill was awesome. Um, okay, all right. Anything else, boys? Um, uh, we're, we're trying to get an answer from Phil on um, how many races he thinks he's going to do. He said, he just uh, asked him if he's going to drop to the 250s. So here we go. We're yeah. going to wait on the answer. Yeah. Phil is stuck in traffic and texting, probably going to rant uh, somebody. I said, Phil, do you think you will drop down to 250s if someone gets hurt? And he said, the press release says selected races when we asked him how many. So. Um. All right. What else? While well, we're waiting for Phil to answer, um, I think that's it. You got to go. Um. Yeah, I got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody other than Tomac, Marvin, Anderson, Baggett, Roxon, and Barsha win a moto? Win a moto. No. Yeah. I was even... Sca- you have Barsha in that? Yeah, I did. I was okay. thinking about Barsha, though. Then no. Does Barsha win a moto? Mm, yeah, because yeah. I think we'll see some rain. Oh, man. Yeah. To say a yes, a hard yes, I don't know if I'm in on that, but I could I could see it happening. Weege, did I miss anybody for winning a moto? Unless we have some epic rain... Or some rando comes over from overseas like Hurlings did and remembers. Some rando. <laughs> rando. Didn't, didn't Dean Ferris, well, a guy that doesn't race the whole series that we're not considering right now. Yeah. Didn't Dean Ferris get second in a moto last year? Yep. Yeah, like those are, besides those factors, which are impossible to predict, no, I don't think any of the general guys that are supposed to race the series will. Still waiting on Phil. Great radio. Well, we maybe it was. I'm sure uh, America's waiting too. Um, well, he was riding quads the other day, Suzuki King quads. So I, I, I question his outdoor prep right now. I highly question his outdoor prep. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I'll put it on Twitter. Uh, whatever Phil says, uh, I will. Perfect. I will. I will put it on Twitter. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing for making this happen. Uh, of course, the Alpine Star guys, the Maxis guys, the Great Outdoors. Also, uh, this is a 450 Motocross preview. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Um, thanks, boys, and uh, we'll see you this weekend in Hangtown. See you this weekend in Hangtown. See you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dis. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.